As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You are now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, Deshaun Reed getting you set for the Raiders trip to Los Angeles to check out the new SoFi Stadium and to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Kind of one of our themes last week going into facing the Browns was that they were a five and two team that maybe wasn't quite representative of how good their record is. I think the Chargers in a lot of ways might be kind of the opposite. They're two and five, and that might not be representative of how good and how dangerous they are. I mean, uh, Justin Herbert has obviously been really good here his rookie year, but this is a team that we've coined the term chargering over the years uh, because they always managed to blow games and they've blown what four straight double digit leads but i mean they're a dangerous offense have have a quarterback who's really playing well so this should be an interesting game on sunday yeah they're like the seahawks except for they don't come through at the end they end up losing and that that loss against the broncos is pretty stunning i mean i I was watching that game they were dominating both sides of the ball the whole game and then the fourth quarter the broncos scored 21 points come back and win the game. And, you know, Drew Locke hasn't played well this season, too. So he lit that secondary up in the fourth quarter. So it's just, I don't know what it is with them and the, just collapsing the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing is their their defense hasn't been what I think most of us expected going into the season. I think while we were talking about the division in the offseason, you know, I think we all expected the, the Chargers defense to be pretty good, especially the, the pass defense. And at least so far this season, they're 21st in pass defense, and they're pretty average on defense overall. And so, you know, it's not unlike some of the Chargers teams that they've been in the past where the offense is really good and the defense is susceptible to giving up some some runs and some big point totals. But they've been competitive in all their losses this season, so it's definitely not a team that the Raiders can overlook. Um, and that's something that both Coach John Gruden and, and Derek Carr stressed today. Obviously, you're always going to say that, but uh, genuinely, you know, I think they they view this, this Chargers team as as better than your typical two and five team, and of course, when it's a divisional game, it's always you know there's, there's a higher chance of it being more competitive anyway. But it's going to be interesting when it might end up being 
closer than than the game against the Browns, even though the, the Browns have been a, a significantly better team this season. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, the Chargers are getting out to big leads. I mean, uh, rookie Justin Herbert's been phenomenal uh, so far at quarterback. Just uh, he takes shots deep. He can hit all the short throws. He's athletic enough in the pocket. So definitely they found something there. Just a matter of, like you guys mentioned, the collapsing late in games. I mean, Anthony Lynn, I'm sure, has got to be on the hot seat at some point, the way they've they folded up shop in, in some of these losses this year. So I think they – obviously the team's playing hard for them. They're going to get off to great starts. But something's definitely going wrong in the second half when they definitely – they break down in all facets and kind of lose these games that they should win. You know, one kind of stat looking at them that you know, reminds me a little bit of the Raiders from last year is that they're second in the league in total offense but 17th in points per game. I mean, they're 25.6 points per game. It, Seems like a solid, that's a solid total. It does only put them 17th and not quite marrying the total offense that they're picking up with, uh, with scoring all the time. You know, the red zone offense, uh, it has not been great. I mean, about what the Raiders are, uh, scoring a touchdown 59%. That's 21st in the league. Uh, so I mean, I, that, that could be one uh, area to watch is what are the Raiders able to do to the Chargers when they get in the red zone? One big thing for the defense, I know last week, even though they played pretty well against the Browns, the weather was a, was a major factor. And, you know, that doesn't look like it's going to be a case in Los Angeles this weekend. And so I think the big thing for them is going to be, you know, forcing the, the Chargers to be one-dimensional. You know, it's, it's gone overlooked with how well Herbert has played, but I think they're eighth in the league in, in rushing offense so far this season. You know, as we know, I mean, they've been playing better as of late, but the Raiders have been susceptible to getting gouged on the, on the ground as well. So... If they're able to shut off one of those, either the passing game or the run game, probably have a better chance. But otherwise, this, this could be a kind of a regression week. I mean, obviously, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to hold the Chargers six points or anything like that. But just in terms of their overall play, this is, this is not a great matchup I mean, when you look at it for the defense. Yeah, we'll see if uh, if Damon Arnett is back this week. He's uh, supposed to be at practice tomorrow, John Gruden said today. So there's a chance he's back. If not, it'll be a huge test for Nevin Lawson. I mean, we figure Keenan Allen will be covered by uh, Trayvon Mullen. But the other receiver, Mike Williams, definitely a big target. Makes a lot of plays down the field, uses his, his size and, and jumping ability. So that'd be a tough tough test for both for either Arnett or for, uh, for Nevin Lawson. Just watching back in the game, I, I thought Nevin Lawson just didn't play well. He is a, a weak spot in the Raiders' defense right now, and Arnett was playing better before he was hurt. I like his physicality against a guy like Mike Williams, so it'll be a good test for him. It'll be a good receiver to kind of you know, develop his skills against, so I would like to see Damon Arnett against uh, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen is going to be a, a big test for Trayvon Mullen as well. I, I, I'm curious to see how he matches up against a route runner that's that quick and crafty. All right, well, looking at where the Raiders are at, um, you obviously mentioned the Raiders are hoping to get uh, Damon Arnett out there at practice on Thursday and see if he can make his return on Sunday. What's it looking like with Brian Edwards? Uh, I know there'd been optimism that they could uh, get him back this week, and that would be a nice boost for the offense just to kind of see what the the rookie can do. You know, we saw a couple glimpses before he got hurt, but I uh, haven't really got to see uh, w- what they have there yet. Yeah, he was at practice today. You know, he didn't look noticeably limited in, in any form. Uh, obviously, he, he practiced last week and didn't play. Um, I just think they're t- taking it a little bit cautious with them, but you know, maybe with Nelson Aguilar, I think he, I don't think he had a catch last week. Maybe you know, with his uh, production dropping off pretty substantially. I mean, along with the rest of the receiving core, but you know, maybe that's a reason to push a little bit more to get him out there on the field in game action this week. But you know, they've been patient with it. You know, as with all the injuries with their their rookie class, they haven't shown with any of them that they'll they rush it. So I'd probably put Edwards as a higher chance to play than 
than Arnett, but it's still not 100% guaranteed. The Chargers' run defense has been susceptible, so I, I think this is another game where the Raiders' run offense could build on their success of, of last week. Right now, the Chargers are ranked 18th in rush defense DVOA, and a couple weeks ago, John Robinson from the Jaguars had a, had a big game against them. So I think this is another game where Josh Jacobs is going to go over 100 yards, and if they could control the ground and take some time off the clock like they did against the Browns, I think it'll be huge for the defense. It'll be interesting to see what Jacobs is like this week after such a heavy workload last week. The 31 carries tied for the fifth most in the single game in franchise history. Obviously, you know, career high, um, you know, really, really heavy workload for him. You just wonder, you know, is, is that is that something where there is any kind of a cumulative effect uh, coming back the next week if, uh, you know, from getting all that work? They could let Devontae Booker get some carries. Maybe it'll uh, motivate him like those commentators said last week. <laughs> But this might be a good week to get <laughs> Devontae Booker maybe 10, you know, 10 carries. Give Jacobs a little bit of a, a break, especially such a heavy workload last week. A couple carries for rugs wouldn't be a bad idea. Just to, I mean, they, they need, I think they need to find more ways to get the ball in his hands. You would hope they can throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field this week. So maybe they don't need to run as much as they did last week. Uh, in terms of the offensive line, still no Richie Incognito out there at practice. You know, I think we all kind of know what the situation is, is with Trent Brown. Um, he's made it back from released from the hospital in Cleveland back with the team and at the facility uh, on Wednesday. Um, I don't think anybody's really at this point thinking so much in terms of if he's going to be able to play on Sunday, but it, it does sound like that health scare that he had in Cleveland. Um, you know, he, he made it out. Okay. From that. John mentioned today that he, uh, he's back at the facility and, and doing better, but I've not heard about anything as far as um, his ability to, to play this week yet. So, has there been any news about Sam Young? I believe I saw him in practice today. The last couple of weeks he's been limited in practice. So you know, it's back-to-back starts for him that he's he's gotten hurt. I was going to say, it's, it's Brandon Parker season, man. Brandon Parker, everyone was, was caught up in the, the sensation that he played so well last week. So we'll see if he can follow up this week. I mean, at some point, the way it's gone with Sam Young, where it's a couple times now where he's you know, gone in there and not been able to last very long. You know, I, even if he feels like he's able to play you wonder if they say yeah let's let's roll with parker i mean he had he played well you know he's a guy that obviously has really struggled in his nfl career if he can build off of a good performance insert you know and who knows it's hard to judge an offensive lineman playing in those conditions because ted mentioned it after the game that it's hard for the pass rushers to really dig in and, and get much of a rush going it's hard hard for them to get their footing so pass blocking becomes easier and, you know, again, when you're the offensive lineman moving forward in, in those wet conditions, you know, run blocking becomes a little bit easier because you can kind of lean on a guy and they might lose their footing. So it is hard, to, I think, to judge an offensive lineman's play quite as much in those conditions. But he did play well, and it would be nice to see if he can build off of that. And, I mean, he's never a guy that I think they're going to count on as their starting tackle. But if he can at least be a reliable depth piece uh, for a year or two, that'd be important. This week against uh, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, it'd be really nice to have Trent Brown back just so you don't have to help on one side too much. But John Gruden has shown in you know the last couple seasons that he, he knows how to game plan and protect his tackle when he, he needs to. And obviously the development of Colt Miller, how well he's playing this year, he's not going to need much help. So obviously it'd be better if you don't have to help out the right to tackle too much. And with Trent Brown in there, you don't have to. You can just free release your back and get more guys into the pass concept. I mean, Trent Brown would be big any week, but especially this week with two 
blue chip pass rushers coming off the edge. Yeah, come on, man. Give Brandon Parker some credit. I got some faith in him. I think they should. I'm, I'm in on the, the Brandon Parker uh, train. I think they should run it back with him starting. I just don't think we don't getting hurt back to back weeks. I don't, I don't know if he's really 100% right. And he hasn't played that well when he's been out there. So I say go for it. If Trent Brown can't go, put Brandon Parker back out there. I think if Sam Young can hobble, Sam Young will be starting, but we'll see. I, I could be wrong. Tashawn, you wrote about another guy on that offensive line uh, on Wednesday. Denzel Good has become the unsung hero for the Raiders, and really he has. I mean, the way he's been able to – we saw when he stepped in at tackle, um, obviously being able to to fill in at, at guard for them with Richie Incognito's absence. He's been really key to, to that offensive line and, and really a proof that you can't go into a season just saying we have five good offensive linemen and be able to bank on that. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting. You look back at like the last two and a half years that he's been with the Raiders, he's just sort of been that guy for him. I mean, he only played four games with him in 2018, but he started three of them because of injury. Then last year he started five games because of injury. And he's already started six games this year because of injury. And that's just, you know, for a guy that's only making $2 million for him to not only do that, but be, you know, playing well while doing so. I mean, it's, you know, incredibly valuable for the team. And with the Colts, he had both experience playing inside and outside, but Obviously, he didn't expect to to have to jump out to right tackle in that first game or the first couple game, few games of the season, and then have to switch back over to left guard. And he's been holding it down for Incognito. Obviously, he's not to the level of, of someone like Incognito or, or Trent Brown when he was at right tackle, but he's been better than than your typical backup would be, I think. And you know, like you said, you know, especially I mean, obviously, most years aren't like this one with all the injuries and the positive COVID test with Trent Brown and now his health scare. With the IV, you know, this is an unusual year, I think, for any team when it comes to the amount of, you know, injuries and missing pieces they've had on the offensive line. But, you know, that's why it's key to hold on to these these guys and have some depth in the, on the offensive line room. He's not the only guy that's had to, to step up. I mean, we've seen, you know, Ricky John Simpson. He probably wasn't expected by many to play this year. He's had to step in in spots and Brandon Parker having to essentially start games. And so. That's yeah, a big, big shout out to to offensive line Tom Cable for for holding it down for him, and obviously he, he plays a large part in that training guys to be able to play multiple positions. And you know, it's the cliche, you know, you know, always be ready to play because you never know what'll happen. But a lot of times, teams see a massive drop off when it actually does happen, and that it hasn't happened so far for the Raiders. Yeah, Good's made himself some money. I mean, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. I, I imagine he's going to be one of the hot free agents next year for such a big need at offensive line now. I think t- teams are going to be lining up to try to sign him. Yeah, one other guy the Raiders got back, uh, Daniel Ross, came off IR. I mean, uh, defensive lineman. I mean, that defensive line can can always use some more depth pieces. I mean, what, what kind of role impact do we expect out of him going forward? We should get a shot to play, I think, if, if Mohurst is out with the ankle injury, which I think he will be this, this Sunday. So, uh, any, like you said, anything they can get up front will be a welcome, I think. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do with uh, with Chris Smith. He had a quarterback um, hit last week, but he was reverted back to the practice squad. So now, that's twice now. So if they want to bring him up a third time, has to be for good. They have to make him uh, add him to the active roster at this point, or else um, it'll be uh, – on waivers for anybody to pick up. So if you do bring them up a third time, that have to be a legit active roster spot rather than just the, the weekly call-up nod. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, 
You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's take a few questions here before we get on to our game predictions. We'll start here with Alex V. Trade deadline question. Uh, any players the Raiders were trying to trade for but couldn't agree on? Any they were trying to trade away? Any sense they were active at all in, in, in trade talks going down to the wire? I mean, it wasn't a very active trade deadline, uh, especially you know right here at the end. I don't think so. I think um, if they were going to add a guy, it probably would have been Carlos Dunlop last week. I know he wanted to come to the Raiders. He's uh, got ties with Paul Gunther from their Bengals days, and it could have worked salary cap-wise. The Seahawks actually had less salary cap space than the Raiders did, but um, the Raiders decided not to do it. I think it may be a combination of maybe it's, uh, not only cap space but cash issues, and also I think they, they realized if you bring in a guy like Dunlap, we talked about this thing before, like he'll have to play and you have young guys you want to see actually get some playing time, see what they are, so I think they weren't really make that big uh, of a leap last week. Yeah, I just wonder why they, um, you know, if, if cap was a concern, you know, why they made that move, you know, restructuring Littleton's deal. You know, to kind of get the extra space this 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 season. You would you would figure they intended to do something with it, and uh, I'll take away some cap space. You know, going going into this off season. So that was a little bit of a, a strange move, I thought, in retrospect. Yeah, Dunlap ended up ended up restructuring his deal with the Seahawks too, I believe. Yeah, so it's actually less of a hit. I mean, I think it would have been a four million four point five million dollar hit this year, but I think now it's it's he reduced it in half and gets the other half uh, later on. So. Um, Obviously, he was willing to make it work. So I think we'll look at the Raiders if they if they do get some more pass rush the rest of the year, or if they look back and say, "Well, we had a chance to add a veteran, you know, pass rusher to our playoff bid, and we didn't do it." So I, I could see there being some regret at some point if uh, the other guys don't step up and, and get some more pressure on the quarterbacks. All right, question here from Davis N. Was the Raquan McMillan trade worth moving back around in a pick swap? Never hear you guys mentioning him on the pod. He doesn't really play much, right? No, he had a shot against the Patriots, and they ran. For, that was why they brought him in. He was supposed to be a run stopper, and the Patriots ran. I'm not saying it's all him, but obviously he was a part of it. He played a lot that game, and they ran for 250. So I think uh, in the coach's mind, see, John Gruden's not um, not one to always have the most patience, I think. So I think in his eyes, we, we traded for a guy to be a run stopper, and we, we give up 250, so that guy's kind of dead to me. So he hasn't played very much at all since, I think um, – at this point, they brought in um, the linebacker for a workout, uh, Kendricks, a couple weeks ago. So, obviously, they're looking for linebackers. They're not happy with what they have, but that didn't work out. So, 
Yeah, I think in hindsight, that probably wasn't a great trade in, in the Raiders' mind. One defensive snap since the New England game. He played 19 snaps in that game. He's played one played one the next week. He's played no defensive snaps the last three weeks. Yeah, I guess part of that was just them trying to salvage the Lynn Bowden mistake, but clearly that didn't work out. All right, question from Darren Y. Will we see David Irving active this week? I don't know. I think uh, my sense last week was that he was not in good shape. I think that a couple of us was, was Gunther or, or Gruden to mention it, but the conditioning was not quite there. I think um, at this point, if they were going to call out, I mean, he was going to play probably only for like 15 snaps, I'd guess, is all they can probably handle at this point. So uh, I'm not sure what the, what the desperation is if, if they really need a, a, a rusher that bad. They think or they can wait a while to get some better shape. So my guess would be. No this week, but um, again, I don't really know what they're thinking as far as how much impact he'd have in, in say, 15 snaps. We already kind of addressed this, but uh, real quickly we go over, what can we expect this week from Arnett? Uh, I mean, I know, Tashawn, you you said Edwards is a better chance to play than Arnett, but I think they're hopeful that they can get Arnett out there. What what are your expectations? He still had the cast on today. Um, he was around the team during the warm-up session um, on his right hand, and uh, John Gruden said the, the visit with the specialist in Houston went well, but I just don't know if, if, you know, two days of practice, given how long he's been away, is enough for him to bounce back and play this week, especially, you know, going up against this this Chargers passing attack. That's a pretty, pretty tough matchup for his first week back. So, But, you know, as we talked about earlier, Nevin Lawson, he struggled last week. And so, you know, did they feel like he can't hold up and, and give him a shot to win, you know, and coverage on the outside, then, then maybe they put him back out there. But just given their history of being more conservative with guys coming back, whether it be Ruggs or Edwards or Arnett, I just I don't know. I don't. My, my gut feeling isn't that he comes back this week, but it's you know it's not impossible. All right, question here from Nathan: Is Peterman now quarterback too? Because it turns out that he's actually good at football, or is Mariota really struggling? Vic, time for you to. Nah, see, you guys say I talk too much about Mariota. You guys told me to cut off my... I mean, Nathan wants to know about how Peter about Peterman. Is Peterman really good at football? Ask Ted, then. Ted, go ahead. You take this one. I haven't seen him at practice, but, I mean, you know, John Gruden loves his quarterback projects, and it's a, it's a project he's been working on for a while now. So, Peterman knows offense. It's not an easy offense to learn. Mariota barely has reps because he's been, uh, you know, he was injured during training camp. It's just a comfortability factor with uh, with Peterman right now. Deshaun, what do you got? Well, I don't think either one of them are particularly like <laughs> good on. right now. I mean, I, I wouldn't use the word good, but Peterman's been around like longer. Let's we'll, we'll go with that one. My sense is that Mariota, we, I mean, Deshaun, I both saw he was terrible at training camp, and then they said he had all these injuries that they couldn't get. If it was the wrist or was the, I think it was his ankle, and they had the pectoral thing. So I don't know what the deal was, but it was a nice excuse for a while. I said, okay, that's why he's not playing well. Well, he's healthy. He's been back two weeks, and he's third string. So, obviously, the training camp issues have uh, have carried over. So, I, my sense is that Peterman's the guy the rest of the way. I'm not sure what that means as far as how good he is. But, you know, Gruden likes his athletic ability. He's a smart guy, knows the system, yada, yada, yada. So, I do think he's the he's number two for uh, for a while. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. All right, our last question. Then we have one one comment uh, before we move Ooh, on. A to comment. Nice. Yeah, it's for you too. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Never mind. Is it, is it, is it negative? Or is it positive? <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. All it's right, good. Right, right. From Philip uh, Mills, he wants to know: Do you think we'll see Joiner in the safety spot more after the two great plays he made on the last drive on the Browns game? I think the first one he was he was still in nickel, but they switched him to safety for the second one. You know, he made the pretty nice. It was more of a hit than a pass breakup on on Landry. So it all comes down to how confident they would be in the Meek Robertson playing that nickel spot. Like we we saw him a little bit more there earlier in the season, but you know he, he struggled in moments, and we haven't seen him as much since. I don't know if he's ready to handle major snaps. You know, starting at nickel for for Joyner to make that transition, or I guess the alternative would be putting somebody like Lawson in the nickel. We saw him working some there in training camp, but I just don't know if they have enough confidence in. Joiner's replacement at nickel to switch him back to safety. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll see probably a little more of him at safety, but I think he'll primarily still be at nickel. Maybe until, like Deshaun said, if when Arnett comes back, they can move Lost into nickel. I think they, they could like him there also. But um, that'd be the one case where I think it'd be possible that um, Joiner can move full time. But I, I'm not sure that's in their plans. I think they still like him. I mean, they've always liked him at nickel better than safety for whatever reason. I know fans, that drives them crazy, but that is true. So. I'm not sure that's changed because of one hit on uh, on Jarvis Landry. So we'll see, though. I, th- I definitely think it um, uh, it's good when you notice Larkas Joiner because you don't, don't always notice him. So I think when he makes plays and you notice him, you should make a note of what spot he's at and, uh, and circle that and say, huh, that could be something that we look at more often. Ted's been noticing him all year, man. Ted's uh, been noticing right, him all right, year. All right. where, where, where's the film breakdown? We're at the last two years. We need the full Lamarcus Joiner film breakdown. Oh, there you go. Uh, Come on, Ted. Get to it. Oh, man, I already started writing, so I don't know if I want to next start week. over again. Next week. Next week. But, I mean, the thing is, he's been playing well as a nickel spot. It's just I think there's so much carryover from how bad he played last year that everybody's like, he thinks he's still playing bad. But he's been pretty solid at the, at the nickel position all year. And then, you know, he, sh- he shows up more in this Browns game. But I do think that they will um, play him at safety in those special packages because on that play where they did play him at safety, that last play, they put Amik Robertson in, and I think the reason why they moved him to safety uh, is because they wanted they wanted Abrams to be near the line of scrimmage to you know either blitz or uh, or just kind of cause havoc just by faking a blitz. So in those special packages, you know we might see Joiner play a little more safety. He's played well at the nickel spot, so I, I I don't see a huge need to move him right now. My theory on on Lamarcus is not, not more so last year than this year, I would say, but maybe overall. But I think when he makes a bad player, a bad play happens around him. I don't think he shakes it off well. I think he'll get in a funk for three or four plays. I think for being a veteran guy, you'd think he'd be over that. But I think that's an issue with him as far as being able to shake things off. I think you see him get in the pattern and he kind of gets frustrated and you, kind of, you see it building. So I think that's one of the issues he has to work through. And when it comes to DBs, I mean, a lot of times when you're watching, I mean, you want to see, I mean, this is coaches too, not just fans watching at home. I mean, they want to see the those impact plays. And, you know, those two plays at the end of the Browns game, those are impact plays that help you win a game. You know, people want to see, you know, the interceptions and all that. And so the Raiders have not been good about forcing turnovers this year. And that's not just a LaMarcus Joyner thing. That's just, it's kind of how they've been the last couple of years. They haven't been a team that forces a ton of turnovers. And I think that's one thing that, People, even if he is playing well, until they see turnovers and, and impact plays, they, they don't notice it as much. But all right, let's move on with our comment before we get to our picks. And Vic, you're going to get to make the first pick this week uh, because uh, 
Shashi has a request for you. He says, please ask Vic Tafer to pick against the Raiders again. Take the L for Raider Nation. <laughs> you know, I wa- I'm glad I realized that because I was a personal favorite because all you guys picked the Raiders. <laughs> I had to go the other way. I had no choice. So I'm glad he realized that. So I will do him a solid. I will pick the Chargers this week. My score will be uh, Chargers 31, Raiders 28. All right, Tashawn, what do you got? I haven't figured out a score yet to be honest but i'm going with the raiders i'm, I'm sticking i'm kind of starting to, to turn into this three in a row i'm liking i'm liking that uh the comment we got from a couple weeks back but yeah i think they i'm gonna go on the road and, and get the job done i just don't i think it'll be a close game but i just don't trust the chargers they've been choking all year and you know i don't i don't think the raiders defense plays as well this week but i think you know the offense performs at a higher clip with them being able to actually pass the ball downfield um, and they're able to take advantage of that. That Chargers defense has been underperforming so far this year. So I got the Raiders winning their second in a row. Oh, man, I kind of want to pick against the Raiders just because I've been picking them so much. Well, I, di- I didn't pick them against Tampa Bay, but I think what's going to happen is the Raiders is going to – they're going to control the ground game. They're going to score some points. Herbert's been great, but he's been – kind of taking some chances throwing the ball, the ball in situations that he shouldn't. So I, th- I think – it's going to be a high-scoring game, but Herbert ends up turning the ball over in some inopportune times. So I'm going to take uh, I'm going to go Raiders 31, Chargers 28. I'm going to go Raiders 35, Chargers 31. Both teams can move it offensively. Both teams have had their defensive issues. We'll see if the Chargers can jump out to their early lead that they choke away. I, I think this is one that's going to be a little bit of a back-and-forth battle, and we won't be able to have weather as an issue to uh, to totally screw up our high-scoring predictions like we did last week. So Raiders 35, Chargers 31, and they trim their magic number to get into the playoffs to one. They'll just need one more win the next week, and they clinch their playoff spot. Yeah, well, I am the hater. I'm the, ha- easy, I'm, huh? I'm the hater of the bunch. That's cool. You're the hater. I'm the hater. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, should be a fun one on Sunday. Tashawn will be there in LA checking out the new digs at SoFi Stadium. So uh, he'll let us, he'll, he'll give us the full review of. Uh, Dick's coming too, right? Yeah, I'll be in the house. Yeah, we'll both be there. Yeah, very nice. Locking it down. Very nice. It's a big game, nice. man. This is for the bragging rights of uh, California and Nevada or something. I don't know. <laughs> I screwed up. I'm going to San Diego this weekend. I I, I didn't realize that they moved. Swing by, man. Stop by on the way. It'll be a party. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, we will be back Sunday night after the game to break down the Raiders and the Chargers. All right, y'all. Peace. Talk to you later. Peace. 